0: let's get this thing on enjoy it
1: i'm getting all fired up i'm all fired up and
2: hello and welcome to batuta studio 3b for another episode of fire up i'm dennis carnahan
1: here with chris gale what's 50 points between friends
2: and redfern pat and i'm fired up and i don't know how much more i can take there's more firing up every week the blowtorch is getting hotter and hotter this week even Actual friend and previously guest of this show, the mild, mannered, gentle-natured Lara Pitt has said... She's fired up! People are calling up Vossi on Send to say they've handed in their memberships and are switching to AFL! People are saying the game is rubbish! But does this stack up in the numbers?
0: No! Because when people are handing in their memberships and saying they're never watching rugby league again, that's when rugby league is at its strongest! It means they're fired up and they always come back! A weekend leading into origin with all the associated drama and pantomime. A weekend of some amazing scores. The Raiders take another
2: lead into halftime and lose. And they had their own interchange melodrama along the way. But some of the scores just astonishing. A 40-nil half. Then a 48-nil half, a weekend of more blowouts, and all these people saying they're going to leave. They can't leave because they're watching the train wreck. The bridge has blown under the Tigers' train,
0: another bridge has blown under the Broncos' train, and further upstream, a bridge has blown under the Raiders' train, and carriage after carriage are plunging helplessly and inevitably to their dooms. All hopes of those aboard being dashed and smashed remorselessly
2: by the rocks in in the ravine below. It's utterly absorbing drama and tragedy, even if it is, again, embarrassing. So in a weekend with some remarkable scores, Chris Gale, which scores most piqued your interest?
1: The Willoughby Roos under-8s defeating brothers to the tune of 38-26 to 26 Dennis at Willoughby Park last Saturday morning.
2: What a magnificent victory for the under-8s and, w- and what happened in the game?
1: Well, it was a cold and wintry morning, Ooh. Dennis, and an 8.30 kickoff meant that I didn't get there at half it time. Oh, it was definitely windy. Was it wet? <laughs> it, was it was wet. Miserable? <laughs> wintry. Perfect the for rugby layers. Yes, uh, But, of course... They are sponsored by the Mighty League Pro Wrestling Australia, so I have a personal Aye. and disclosed interest in this team. And they were taking on the Mighty Brothers, and it was a back and forth affair. Again, high scoring. Obviously, the impact of the six, the set restarts, and okay. Ruck and union rules. <laughs> oh, the in, bells going nuts. in under eights is it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's taking effect. But I got to tell you, Monty bagged his first try of the season. Monty, he, yeah, there was a big raid down the right hand side, and yep. then he was a dummy half. He looked left, and he went right in a very skinny blind side, oh. and got his first meat pie with a bit of eyes up footy. And Maxie was the player of the match, and he received the child girl Charlie's voucher afterwards. Wow, Go, Maxie. And I just want to give a shout-out to all the Willoughby Roos team, their coach, their manager, and, of course, the president of the Roos, Tony Bellier, who's a neighbour and mate of mine now. Is he? Huge Dragons. So he's moved in. Pretty much. (laughs) Huge Dragons fan, and he led the Willoughby Roos, having bagged the victory, through their victory song. They weren't familiar with it? Well... They just need a little bit of encouragement, but it goes, oh, when the ruse! oh, when the ruse! oh, when the ruse go marching in, which is very, very analogous to his team, St. George Illawarra's victory song, As I Understand It. Isn't
2: that interesting? Look, I'd, I'd much rather talk about junior footy because there's just misery and embarrassment in the, in the NRL. Well, at least it's a contest in uh, the junior level. Well, look, can, can I just say, you mentioned you beat the brothers team. Yes. You've, a few years ago, let's go back a little bit over a decade, the mighty Asquith Magpies under 11s who play in the same comp as... The Willoughby Ruse. There was the Williby Ruse, uh, blue and gold in this. You know, There's two teams, and there was the brothers. And in oh, in 2011, there was a. Uh, it was exactly a decade ago. There was a glorious, you know, the Askwith Magpies uh, whites, which is the team I was coaching. Coaching, <laughs> just coaching. We didn't do you, quite. Do you have your ticket? <laughs> we didn't quite. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, really? Didn't quite. Uh, <laughs> didn't quite make the cut for the top five, but there were sufficient teams that the North Sydney League, G-Flow G- they said, "Well, let's have." A division two final series so there was the top five and there was the bottom four and we were playing out for the division two in there was the willoughby roos the north sydney brothers and i think it was the hills hawks and we came up against the willoughby against the brothers in the semi-final and we were 22 up at half time <laughs> hang on now don't you support the canberra raiders <clears> 22 <throat> up at half time and what happened in the second half the boys capitulated and lost 24 22. we would have had a shot was a clear passage through instead north sydney brothers got the clear passage and we had to beat the willoughby Ruse. Rooms. and we did and then we got to the grand final which was at the eighth wonder of the world tunks park no it was at the eighth wonder of the Liga world Oval. it was there and i was actually in the sheds our dressing room was the home dressing room and i was in there and it was beautiful because when we lost to the the 22 nil to 24 22 i said to the boy, the boys in tears I said, boys, don't be scared to cry. This
1: right. is before the game or after, the, after game? the game? This is after the game. Don't
2: be scared to cry. Don't be scared to feel the pain because it should hurt. Take it in. It's a loss and it hurts and drink it in and wallow in that pain. And next time you're 22 0 up at half time, think to yourself, do I want to feel this pain again? Guess what happened in the grand final, Chris? Guess what the score was at half time 22 0? 22 0. Do you think the boys capitulated? Yes. Oh, boy. And what was the halftime? I I, I went mad at the halftime speech. It's 22-0. I walked in and said, boys, it's 22-0. You've been here before. You know how it feels to lose. Don't do it. Walked out.
1: So Dennis. Oh, I've got goosebumps. I'm so inspired. Oh, they mean you won 36 nil. Yeah, we won 36 oh, nil. Goodness me. I saw that that doesn't, and it's all on
0: video. It doesn't I've follow the
1: video. That doesn't follow the Raiders script. Yeah, and are any of those all. boys under your tutelage still playing the great game of rugby league or have they all left the game?
2: Uh, actually, funnily enough, one of them, Kyo Weeks, is playing for Manly, And he's uh he's not quite debuting. He's played in New South Wales. He's a best mates with um Gerbo. And I should point out, he was two years younger than my team, so he was like a ring-in, so he wasn't really coached by me. He just came in when he played, we won, except for his mate, Billy Pollard. So the two of them, who were were both under nines, Billy Pollard signed for the Brumbies. Now, interestingly, the reason we were in the bottom four was because those boys only played a few games with us, played enough to qualify, so they played with us in the finals.
1: So it was and a gala day. They could play. It's, it was a gala day up at Willoughby Park, which oh. is our home ground. Uh, the rules will be back there on the seventh of August, where I'm pitching to get some of the PWa wrestlers to be there oh. in a cross promotional event, like we did with our female roster in the West Tigers yes. women's team recently at the Tigers temporary uh, demountables out there at Sintra Park, which is going to be the home of our Centre of Excellence in Concord. And it was a very cold, wet, wintry rugby league type morning. And as I said, I missed the first half because I just couldn't quite get out of bed. My partner, Mary Jane, decided to walk the dogs up to the park to one look at the weather and turned around. (laughs) But I said to Tony after we'd secured the victory and the charcoal, the charcoal Charlie's voucher had been handed out, and we're not being sponsored you, by them
2: yet. Did you say to, to what's his name? To, Tony. Tony. Did you say to Tony what's the
1: opposition coach's name? And he said, "Oh, it's it's, it's Ivan."
2: Ivan
0: Zawanko. <laughs> we're you doing that. We're you doing that.
1: And and I said. And this is we, this is a country built on volunteer culture. There's no question. And this is a sport yep. built on volunteer culture. Very much so. And I said, "How long are you here?" To? He goes, "I'll be here till five o'clock this afternoon." I said, "Braver man than I."
2: There's still like Story Park, home of the Asquith Magpies. There are people. There's still people who turn up. there like they've been. Their kids played thirty years ago. They played fifty years ago, and they still turn up. Fire up the barbecue at seven o'clock in the morning, and they're there till after dusk. And they. You
1: know, here, here's a scoop for you. Have you heard that the Travoy brothers are at the junior footy? running the water, firing up the barbecue and handing out the oranges, because you hear it every time they talk about them. Yeah, But I got to tell you, it is really good to get back to the grassroots of rugby league.
2: Particularly when your team is getting smashed by Melbourne <laughs> but, or, or beaten by
1: the Getting towels, hammered, flogged, touched up. None of those descriptors are appropriate. But it's emblematic, Dennis, of the quality of the National Rugby League as was dished up over <laughs> round 15, in my view. Emblematic of the quality. I'm afraid yeah,
2: so. Uh, oh, as in, how good, the, how good the Storm were.
1: But look at the streaks. The Storm, 60 blot before the Tigers dominated the last quarter of the game. And let's face and what, it.
2: What was the score in the last quarter? Uh,
1: I think it was 16-6. Six, 16-6, six? yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's a solid, that's something to build on. Sure, yeah. Suffer Solomon had been put in the bin, but I thought the Melbourne were poor down the stretch. Yep. Um, you, you mentioned some of these other uh, things after the Titans went to the Lemons at 24-8 to 8, they conceded 48 points in the second half to the Sea Eagles absent Jake Travojevich, they were down to Travojevich only but they had uh, been. so they had they two had out Bobo. of the three I'm still yep. looking forward to seeing the three of them operate together mm. the other runs included over the course of the match 46 block Broncos v Rabbits congratulations <sighs> Redfern Pat for nothing the Roosters conceding 38 on Friday night, which, let's face it, made my weekend. And the Dogs, with a flow of penalties and set restarts and general on against them, conceding 30 on the run in the second half to the Eels. It's not making for good viewing, is it? Or according to the Horseman, that's entertainment. And when Paul Weller wrote that track for the jam, I don't think he had round 15 NRL in mind. I could be wrong.
2: No, that wasn't what Paul was thinking about. But just getting back, I, I should apologise. Last week, I got a little bit too aroused, a little bit fired up, and I began swearing. And I should apologise for it. But did you, I was did you very... not
1: realise at the time you were swearing?
2: I didn't realise because I was. I, it's I podcast, was, so it doesn't matter. I was very much over aroused. Who chastised you? Um, no one's chastised me. Right. I'm self-chastising. What, what
1: about the Parramatta in ground DJ at Bank West Stadium? Has well, he or she got wind of it?
2: I don't know. What I do know is that Parramatta fans got wind of it. And had listened to the podcast, and I was told, Thank you. Oh, that's good. Thank you for saying it. Public service. They were utterly outraged that their chant of Sevo, Sivo was drowned out. I'm trying to stay calm. There <laughs> it goes again. And it's building up. The red mist is descending as Sweet Caroline was played for the eighth time. They were still f- playing it on the weekend. They were playing it whenever. Whatever, they, they, what? And stop it, stop it, stop it. And, but, and as- but they said, When the, the, the uh, in ground announcer guy, the host, um, the guy with the beautiful eyes and eyebrows. What's his name? Zach Bailey. Oh right, beautiful. The one that Danny Wicks looked at and brother he, of
1: Boo Bailey is that right?
2: Not brother of Boo Bailey, but when he was first interviewed, when Danny Wicks was interviewed by Zach, Zach's asked him a question about coming back, and Danny's gone, "Sorry, could you repeat the question? I got lost in your eyes. Are you a model? He turns, Check this guy out. He's so good looking. Anyway, he's tried to get the crowd to go Sevo Sevo, and according to my Eels fan friends. The crowd all held up single fingers to him. Is that right? Said we have done that chant, and you drowned us out. Don't you try and make us do it. Which was just that's now that's entertainment.
1: And I mentioned, I imagine that Zach Paley didn't even try to on his debut, a two trade debut for Young Russell, try to get the Russell Russell chant, given that Sevo <laughs> was suspended. But you still got Hayes Dunster on the other side, and I mean. Hayes Hayes has potential. By the way, if we're talking Baileys, can I just uh, yep. quickly for a moment say vale to Mike Bailey? Terrible news. Uh, the, you know, many networks, weatherman... And, yeah, and Tigers CEO, offed, wasn't he? No, he was chair of, yeah. of the West Tigers. He was actually on Channel 9 News last night, still the chair of West Tigers. Lee Hadjipatelis not yet cutting through in the yep. way that he'd like, but uh, <laughs> uh, a sad loss to the media industry and to the West Tigers.
2: Yes, indeed. And I can't make jokes about sad losses to the Tigers in that no, context. I no, I, I, uh, I don't think you should. But no, I shouldn't. But we did mention the uh, Tervojevic boys there. And um, this is probably more for the Origin chat, which we'll get to later. But I just, it's burning a hole in my mouth not being able to say it. I was in a box at Wollongong uh, and Corey Parker walks in to say hi to Luke Lewis. This is off air. So yes. this is off the record. This we won't be on Media Watch. And Corey... They're obviously very friendly with Luke, they've played for Australia together, even though they're on different sides of the of the tweed, um, both born and actually playing. And Corey and, and Louis like, so, mate, what'd you make of it? Corey was he was pretty fired up and he contained his rage better than I did, but the rage was visible and he said, Seriously, Tom Trovoyovich caught a kickoff and ran into the middle, took the tackle, two tackles later he gets the ball and runs again. This is Michael Lucking's state of origin. Some Michael Lucking Carmichael Hunt from the outside backs runs into the middle of a set defense. You Michael Lucking smash the Carmichael Hunt. You Michael Lucking hurt him. He Michael Lucking doesn't get up. He Michael Lucking certainly doesn't ever run into the middle again. When I saw him stand up, I knew Queensland had lost. I knew their middle was soft because he should. An outside back should never stand up.
1: Oh, right. So you're talking about Corey's review of Origin One. Yes. I thought you were talking about the uh, Ruse brothers and how he oh, felt no, no, about no. about that. Because <laughs> no. let me tell you, the Ruse were just bringing outside backs all the time on these kids. They were doing a great job.
2: Well, they need Corey, and I, I, it, it made me think two things. Well, actually, just I'll forget the second one. The first one is never, ever, under any circumstances, run at Corey Parker. <laughs> and he was saying, you don't need to go high to hurt the Carmichael Hunt. You can you can break the Carmichael Hunt's ribs without going high.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That that sounds like he's a dinosaur. Speaking of broken ribs, very quickly, um, poor old Gal went down to Eustace Uni. Mm. Uh, didn't quite make the distance uh, being tico would in the 10th round. But, but
2: how uh, good was his defence?
1: Oh, uh, unbelievable. And as everybody said, you know, he probably should have, um, Huni should have got a uh, ruck infringement call when Gal tackled it. But, but he did
2: lie in the ruck a little long.
1: But there was someone on the undercard, and this is how much that virus that you were referring to earlier has spread throughout Sydney, Dennis, and I'm not talking about coronavirus. Apparently, one of the undercard came in as his entrance music was Sweet Caroline. Oh, I mean, can no. you believe it? Well, are there any virologists looking at this? Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's, it's a, it really is. A, it's a it, public health my understanding.
1: My understanding is this. If you look at smallpox and its reproduction value, it's about a four. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus is about double that at eight. Mm. But Sweet Caroline is multiplying at about a factor of 25.
3: And, and let's not forget what it did to the Bulldogs. Did you see? Yeah. Did you see Elliot got taken off while it was being played? Is that oh, right? He was off the field getting HIA'd while it was played at Bank West. Exactly. But that, How matter
1: th- is that? I would get it. The
3: previous week, there was no reason for it. Against
2: the Bulldogs, I can kind of get it. And they obviously the DJ was hoping that the, the Bulldogs players, Pavlovian, dropped the Dax and would be cupping each other's testicles. That was what they were hoping for. Because that's not very good on the rugby league field if that's what's happening. But they didn't need to. They just just did it metaphorically.
1: Just reminds me of a recent men's health check I had. But anyway, it's all clear. (laughs) Did you cough? (laughs) (laughs) Look to the side. (laughs) Why do you look to the side? Why can't Can't you look straight ahead? What's the physiology there? I'd love to know that.
2: I don't know. But yeah, the, the Raiders game. Let's... At least, at least the Raiders game—the capitulation wasn't what they've normally been doing this year, which is being too soft in the middle. The middle collapses, so the other team scores through the edges. At least this time, the middle was strong. They found a new way to lose, and that's—and that's a good thing. But let's let's ask Ricky what he thought of the loss.
1: Welcome to Thinking Forty with the game's greatest
0: thinker, Ricky uh, It's—it's an error. We we make errors, you know. If you you want to jump onto every error we've made, you know, no one would have a job. So, you know, I suppose fortunately we didn't win.
2: So, you know, it it saves a few blokes, myself included, it, him
0: and the uh, the grounds manager, and me. Saves us a bit of skin, I suppose. But again, it's an error. It's not the last one I'll make.
1: Thinking forty with the game's greatest thinker, Rickas Stewart.
2: Has anyone ever thought they'd ever hear Ricky Stewart say, thankfully,
1: we didn't win? He's the man that said winning one out of three at Origin was good enough, of course. He is. And uh, you're referring to the illegal use of Xavier Clark, if I remember his name. Is that right? Uh,
2: Xavier Savage. Xavier Savage but, but as use the 18th person. To use the, to, use the, to use the proper name, it's Egg Xavier. Xavier like egg. Savage. Which, which is ridiculous. The name has always been Xavier. It's like X, a hybrid X
1: Men character between Professor X and Vandal Savage. Yeah,
2: but, anyway. but, but it's, it's, it's Z. It's Xavier. It comes from Greek. It's not it's not Egg Xavier. There's no eggs in it. But anyway, uh, I think it was an NFL player in the 90s who started calling himself Egg Xavier because Oh, you're thinking of Xavier
1: McDaniel, who yeah. played NBA for the Seattle Super NBA, Science. yeah,
2: and he couldn't deal with it. Anyway, but that wasn't what Ricky was talking about. No. The mistake yes, they, they there was an eighteenth man mess up and you know they probably would have lost points to that. The mistake he was talking about was choosing to wear the controversial away strip. Oh yes. Now this was, you know, in the in the ABC call Andrew Moore three times. Because he he calls exactly what he sees, and he calls it fast, and it's a reflex, and he called them warriors three times, <laughs> because they were grey. a lot of people in Canberra say it looks like a brumby, it looks like a dirty brumbies jersey, and nobody wants that. Very controversial. So originally, there's the jerseys they had. There was the the home jersey, which is lime green with the blue shoulders. And then this is the away strip, which is grey with the same blue shoulders. Yeah,
1: I went for the word cobalt, not really knowing what cobalt is as a colour, but am I fairly close?
2: Uh, it's a bluer thing. This is just straight up grey. You probably had... Rupert's probably tricked up the colour on your TV to make yeah, it right. look like it's cobalt. Right. But this was... Uh, it's just... It's grey and it looks like the Warriors. There's a tiny... There's a thin line, green line, which is kind of like their defence at the moment, um, across between the blue and the, and the grey. But... In the pre-season, then there was the, they made the retro jersey, the lime green with the original Canberra milk logo like the 94. They started using that as the home jersey and what was supposed to be the home jersey as the away jersey and the fans were happy. So they thought they'd change up and use the grey jersey and they lost.
1: Yeah, it cost you the game.
2: It cost us the game. It was a, it was, I'm I'm hoping they don't make that mistake again. You can't sing with a bad and mean green machine when you're in grey with a, I don't know. Bad and I don't know what.
1: What rhymes with gray that's appropriate to say as an insult. Well in uh the Raiders case, prey. We're we're hopeless prey. That's right. EY. <sighs> yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, however, let's get off my misery and, and onto yours. At the Sunshine Coast. There was no sunshine and they were gone.
1: You know, we don't we be accused of focusing or dwelling on our teams but we seem to be very much constructing the narrative as they say and let's face it the tigers look like the southport tigers up there on sunshine coast stadium on do anyone saturday think night to
2: say that southport tigers probably would have done better well yeah you could probably put the richmond tigers in there and they might have done better
1: but um by the way that cowbell was there again do you reckon that's how a, does it get there does it is it domestic or imported? i mean how who is that i mean i would like to meet that person because we'll they have been going show. at olympic stadium since day dot 1998 or whatever it was. We need to get them on the show. Uh, but there it was, and uh, it's it's all been well documented, you know. And of course, there was a non-revealing after interview with James Talmo immediately thereafter on Fox, where he said that there are underlying issues. And boy, oh boy, did Braith and Mick Ennis get well. He's admitted there are underlying issues, <laughs> and, and and they kept repeating this and putting it as captions. And I think he was just saying we've got defensive problems. I think I don't think he was saying there was some sort of Machiavellian machinations going on in the boardroom or whatever. He just well, goes, "Well,
2: wasn't he? Because tell me about um, the game's greatest thinker, Timothy Sheens, yes. who taught the game's greatest thinker to think? Yes, uh, is, is he? Is there some talk about him coming back in an overseeing role? No, that's or already it,
1: cemented in. He's coming back. He's, as he, the, when's he coming back? The overseer? Oh, soon. A couple right. of months. July. It's not quite here yet. Got a few oh, so, this is, so it's after the June thirty deadline. Yeah, he's on his way. He's, you know, he's got probably got a quarantine and all that sort of thing. Mm. And uh and, and James said there might have been a few harsh words exchanged amongst teammates. When you're down by sixty, that's probably inevitable. Like, can you just tackle the guy? But uh probably the, the, the emphasis in the game was very much put when Coach Maguire basically said something to the players at halftime, but thought he didn't say, others, so, sorry, to so the press, said he didn't say anything at all.
3: From what you said, I think you gave him a bit of a bake at half-time by the look of it, from what, what, what I can see.
0: Um... I actually, no, I didn't say anything at half-time. Did you? No. What, no, nothing? I didn't say anything at half-time. I know what we need to do, so. They're men and, yeah, they, they spoke about it themselves.
1: It's a really emerging theme in rugby league about being men. Hmm. presumably in the men's game. And what Madge was doing was the old, uh, you know, it's it's been done many, many times in many, many contexts, like, you know, we're down 40 blot, there's actually nothing strategic can be said, you guys got to solve it yourself, and Tamao said that some of the young guys spoke up, and then Mick Anderson and Bray said, well, that's the problem. The, the, the young guys are speaking up. What about the senior guys? Then they went into a long debate about who the senior guys are. They couldn't come up with much.
2: Or is this, is this something about a bit of NRL marketing and placement that they're going to call it soon NRLM yes. to go next to the NRLW? That's right, to make it clear. Be, it will be clear, and they are the same, we're watching the men's game. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't forget, this is the men's game. So then it's not actually a gender-specific. It's, it's not a put-down. It's, it's saying we're, we're playing the men's game. I don't know what difference that makes.
1: The interesting thing for Madge, who will now form a stronger bond, sort of like a triumvirate with Lee Hachipatelis and uh, Tim Sheens and lead us to the promised land, I don't know, i.e. the eight in the next 10 years. Uh, He's apparently reading James Phelps, who, amongst other things, is a (laughs) sports writer for The Astonisher. His book, The Inside Man, there's that man theme again. Uh, I went into the HarperCollins summary, and this is what the Inside Man is about. Riley Jacks, convicted murderer. Once a promising engineer in the army, he lost everything in a Riley single Jackson, night.
2: Riley Jacks, he didn't play half for the Broncos. <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> the, the Storms, <laughs>
1: wasn't he? Storms, yeah. Uh, he lost everything in a single night when he killed a man, an act he cannot remember, as opposed to Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a devastating gap, in otherwise perfect memory. He's now behind bars. Meanwhile, a series of deadly bombings are occurring in the outside world, and the only man who might be able to find the truth behind the conspiracy is is on the inside, i.e. Riley Jacks, i.e. Madge Maguire.
3: Mm. So right now,
1: I think Madge sees himself as someone trapped in a prison uh, and is trying to prevent the terrorism occurring outside, specifically in areas like Leichhardt, Concord, Campbelltown, and Bankwest Stadium.
2: Well, look, speaking about memories disappearing, I want to obviously get away from Rugby League because it's a pretty dark and dismal place at the moment. You might recall recently went to Coffs Harbour. Yes. And uh, I was up there with the ABC for their fantastic game between the Sharks and the Titans. What a high-quality game of football that was. <laughs> um, anyway, I was up there with Luke Lewis, and Luke Lewis walked into Coffs Harbour International Stadium and said, Oh, I've scored a try here. Yeah? And people were oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And he started talking about this try he scored. Thing is, when we searched the, the historical record, he played there in a city country game. But he didn't score a try. Right. He played up there. Now, he may have played up there in State of Origin camps, but he didn't score a try. And this was, you know, a great deal was made of this. But Louis is a very honest person. He doesn't make stuff up. Well, actually, he does. But when he's talking about footy, he doesn't make stuff up. And I was, I was really taken by this idea that he'd scored this try. So I started asking around. And after the game, I went to a couple of different pubs and it was in the Coffs Harbour Hotel, in a dark corner, sitting there going, I've got no information about this. A gentleman shuffled up to me, a very bedraggled-looking gentleman.
1: It wasn't Willie Nelson, was It
2: looked a lot like him. And he, he said to me, "You asking about the Luke Lewis trial?" Oh, it's Des Hasler. It's Des Hasler. He walked up and he said, he, "I said, well, yeah." I don't. And he said, "I was there. I saw it." I was like, "Really? What happened?" He said, "Look, I, I, I'll tell you one. No, I won't do the voice." He said, I, "If you buy me a JD, neat, I'll tell you the story." So I went and bought a JD. And I bought myself one. I sat and I drank this JD looking at this grizzled old man. And he told me this story, which it, it, I don't know whether it was the JD itself, but I was taken there and I, uh, I, I kind of can't repeat the story. So what I've done, he said, I've written a song about it.
0: Louis went to Coffs Harbour. He was looking to his name. He'd been selected at number four for city in another city country game. He was in his hotel after training looking in the mirror and he was looking hot. Then the devil burst into his hotel room and said, Louis, let me tell you what, I bet you didn't know we got a footy team in hell. I've smelt your sofa, I've seen your pranks, I think you'd fit in well. So let's us have a bet my groover, if you lose your soul I'll keep, but I'll promise you another premiership if you can score a try against me. Louis said. Oh, spot on outfit, but I don't like your attitude. But I'll take your bet you're gonna regret, cause I reckon you cracking cracking and proof Louis go stretch out your cards and get your shoulders strapped. The devil's in Coffs Harbour to make a Faustian pact. And if you win, you get another premiership ring made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. Free Shane Hayne, the full-time whistle blew. Then the supernatural third half began. The devil said, now it's me and you. Louis started on his 35 meter line. Then the devil cast a spell. And he turned all those good country boys into demons from the depths of hell. He takes the ball on the 35 metre line. He runs, he steps, he beats one, he beats two. But there's demons coming from everywhere. He's looking sharp, he's front-loading his energy. He beats five, he beats another. There's only one to go. He's at the last line of defense. Devil was the last line of defense. What the devil didn't know was in the dressing room before the game, Louis had hacked his phone. So the devil's phone began to ring. It was the angel Gabriel. He said, Devil, why'd you text everyone? What's doing down here? the devil thus distracted Louis died from the 11 meter line. And everyone who saw it said it was the world's greatest ever try. Louis scored the greatest try the world has ever seen. But Ralph won't find it in the history books, cause the devil's wiped them clean. So Louis won his second premiership in 2016 and saved his soul. And the devil's pocket still full of sausage rolls. Now, it's time for the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould.
2: Well, for New South Wales, if I'm coaching them, I'm thinking, well, we need to win one of these first two. All right, that's that's going to be vitally important. And that's the same in any series
1: because you want to be in Game 3. And the sooner you can win one, if you lose the first one, well, you've still got to win Game 2 to get into Game 3. If you lose them both, you're not in Game 3. If you win them both, well, they're not
0: in game three. She's over, baby. And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Ah, rugby league, you magnificent beast.
2: What a timely reminder of how State of Origin works. It's a really important thing to remember that right now. Thanks for putting that in there.
1: So Perfect my understanding pay. is with New South Wales ahead in the men's series 1-0, if New South Wales win on Sunday at Suncorp Stadium, to give her its proper name... She's over, baby. Right. And if Queensland win, then they're both into game three, which is at least where you need to be in order to win a series, which I, my understanding is that you win the series if you win two games out of three. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. could be wrong.
2: So you, you can afford to lose one. Right. And still win the series. So Queensland has lost one. Okay. But they can so it's it's not over, baby. But if they do lose game two at Lang Park. Right. It's over, baby.
1: Okay, so you, you, you,
2: you, you so got
1: it? we'll need to review this after Sunday's fixture and we'll probably have to replay that yeah, um, yeah, Life just, and Times to Gus again just in order to get a sense of where the series sits, depending on whether it's two nil or one all.
2: Or one all. It's it's very complicated maths, and it does take someone like Phil Gould to understand it and to explain. it. I'm hoping he explains it again in the in a preamble to the game, because it like I like I've pretty much forgot. So what did he, what do you say again? I've pretty much
1: lost well, it. Well I think I think we need to go to Benny Elias again, who has said, of course, that New South Wales having one Origin One has got the job one third done.
2: Yes. Yes. Which is at odds with the idea
1: of the of it being two games is enough to win the two series. games enough to win the series. Cause yeah. So so
2: two thirds is a hundred percent, according to Gus, and according to the rules, two thirds is sufficient. Whereas he's saying three thirds is a hundred percent. Let's not let's not
1: forget, as we, as was evidenced by the president, the presence as grating as it is for Corey Parker of Tom Trebovich and the Manly Ring of Seagulls on the weekend. Tom Travoyevich, according to Betty, makes every Manly player 10% better.
0: Does it therefore, apply to New South Wales? Uh,
1: well, no. He's only talking about the domestic competition. Right. He hasn't commented yet because he's still working the maths out on origin. He's still processing how many games yeah. New South Wales needs to win or Queensland needs to win to win the series. But he did say in relation to Manly, Tom made every player 10% better, therefore they're a 170% better team.
2: 170%.
1: which it's quite mathematical, Rugby League, yeah, isn't had it
2: been 160%, you could say that that's like, well, maybe it's actually 150%, that will be... That'll be the three games.
1: I wonder what happens when you take a Dravojevic out of the equation. So that when Tom comes in, Ooh. is the assumption that Jake and Ben are playing, and that's where the ten percent comes, hence the hundred and seventy percent. Or do we have to adjust for the Jake absence?
2: And and there's GST as well. Would I think have, the disturbing have thing have for New South Wales. Out. Well,
1: I think in fact the the promising thing for New South Wales is the way I look at it. Uh, the loss of Jake Dravojevic has absolutely no impact. <laughs> On the no. quality of New South but, Wales and their chances but of winning.
2: Can I suggest that if Corey Parker has the ear of anyone in the Queensland camp, could I recommend Tom Travojevich doesn't run into the middle <laughs> on the first run of the game because he may well find himself with some less ribs. It, he, another thing that Corey said was Michael Luck, the hamstrings hit him in the in the hit the Carmichael in the Michael ribs.
1: Right. It, he was very effusive about this, and they're saying that Origin's dead, which it kind of feels like it is to me. I mean, I'm. Again, struggling to get excited about this Sunday's fixture. I'm probably more excited about the Friday standalone women's origin fixture. Well, which is a very exciting fixture. Well, there's all sorts of things happening there. First of all, uh, the New South Wales Blues have renamed themselves the Sky Blues.
2: Isn't that what the Waratahs call themselves? No, I think that's no, what Sydney FC, Sydney FC is. call themselves. That.
1: Yeah, but they haven't patented, have they? No, they haven't. And, and you know, so credit <laughs> to the New South Wales women's team, led by the great Apps in taking that over. Yeah. It also will be the first occasion an all-female on-field team will officiate a elite NRL, NRLW, or Origin fixture.
2: Who's the third?
1: So Belinda Sharp is refing the match. Sharpie's
2: ref. And, the badge, the and case, and It's sorry. actually
1: not. It's the, the sideline officials or touch judges, to give them the old vernacular, Kaylee Beatty and Caroline On. Wow. Yeah. So where's the case? Because the case has had some injuries. Yeah, it may may well not have been um, considered available. We
2: do love the case.
1: Yeah, so... Oh, that- she was
2: the first. She was the first to... to, to- pull out the flag and have the run.
1: And in that wrestling sesh between the PWA female roster was the and case the West Tigers, no, no, no. Bo Welsh was, right. who's our club captain at the West Tigers and, of course, mm. is the New South Wales origin fullback and a delightful personality. And I certainly hope that uh, she has the uh, upper hand over Tamika Upton who sort of gave us a little bit of trouble last year.
2: Yeah, well, because the Queensland... T- I don't think I've played here the revised version of That's in Queensland because I put the microscope... On the Queensland women's team,
1: and what, what did you divine?
2: <laughs> Goodness me, uh, we we think you know that's in Queensland. Written about the the men's team has something they've got like they've got actual. You know, the captain of the Kiwi Ferns is playing for them. We've got the prop forward who grew up in Moss Vale and moved to <laughs> Queensland and started playing league league in Queensland at 21. It's not like she... and others who you know it's going to be great. Um, their training camp that they were training. In, uh, no, this is last year's game. Where'd they play last year's game?
1: It's Sunshine Coast Stadium. Sunshine Coast. We've done two at North Sydney Oval. They
2: they had a training camp down in Wollongong. One of the Queenslanders was like, yeah, it's great. It's like going home because, you know, I grew up in Moss Vale and I played all sorts of sports down in Wollongong. So you've got Moss Vale. One of the wingers, um, whose name has escaped me, she's from... Warrigal in Victoria, so they actually have the men's team has never had the men's queens has never had an actual Victorian playing for them. They've had plenty of Storms players, but no actual
1: Victorian. That wouldn't be Karina Brown by any chance? Isn't Karina it? Brown, yeah, yeah. Uh, and look, to be honest, I think from Warrigal. I think, What's Warrigal mean, Chris? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, it's dingo, right? Warrigal's a dingo. I think there's a Warrigal Avenue up around your way, Taramara, I think. Yeah,
2: there is, and, and and you'd know it from, um, uh not is it a pub with no beer. No, what's the other big Sling Dusty song? Warrigal. Oh, it's a lonesome away but, from your kindred and all by the campfire at night where the Warrigals call. But he changed it to Wild Dingoes because no one knew what Warrigals was.
1: Oh, I thought his other song was Duncan, but um, yeah, yeah. or The Horse With No Name, one of those two. Uh, <laughs> anyway, very Welsh, by the way, I think she's Kiwi to begin with, and plays with the Jilla So it's, very, it's, a, it's a very uh, open... International representative situation. So they're both not as constrained leagues. by these by these geographers'
2: lines. They no, don't no. care about them. They care about the state of mind.
1: They don't see boundaries. That's no. exactly right.
2: Not not big on geography. Now the <clears throat> the crackdown. We had another weekend of crackdown, and obviously this there's, there's terrible fears about the crackdown hitting Origin. It didn't really hit Origin that bad in in the first one.
1: Just ask Cameron Murray who. <laughs> Didn't apparently get contacted in the head by Kyle Felt's shoulder. Yeah. Based on camera angles that apparently the bunker had that we didn't have because the ones that we had suggested he got in fair squash uh, square flush on the melon.
2: I have never searched this, but I know that last year Felix was doing a press conference each, year, each Monday saying, going through things. And, and quite often he'd say, yeah, yeah, we got that one wrong. And much like the game's greatest thinker said, people do make mistakes. So you kind of accept it when they say they got it wrong. Um, the two points weren't given to the team that went that got it wrong, whatever. But he used to. Did, did, I'm pretty sure they used to show camera angles. Say this is the angle we had. Why don't they do that more? Like, well, why, why why can the bunker not say, okay, we're making a decision on this camera angle. Press the communication button. Hey, Mr. NEP director, we've used camera five. Have a look at that one. Why, why does that not happen? Because it is about perception and it's about theatre and it's about theatre of the mind. And you've got the public sitting there and they're trying to make themselves into the Wizard of Oz behind the glass. Take away the curtain and say, this is the camera angle we're looking at. Or we screwed up because on the weekend, I'm getting fired up on the weekend, every video ref decision that was made the commentators went the other way. Now, the commentators get a certain view. The commentators are not video experts. But again, going back to Luke Lewis, who clearly has been touched, like he's beaten the devil. So he has, and, then that, and that, and the song said, that's how he won the premiership, the second premiership, because he made a pact with the devil. He sees things, and he will normally say, no, no, that was knocked on. And he says way before the bunker does. He sees it like his eyes are amazing. His calls on bunker calls are so accurate and so much faster he got every single one wrong. I've never seen it before. So I'm not saying the bunker are getting it wrong. I'm saying show us the angles.
1: Look, I think the bunker's on drugs. That's about the only <laughs> explanation. And the match review committee tends to agree with that. So poor old Felix has that to... That they're on drugs or yeah, that they're... That's right. He has to pitch clean up. So the Reese Robson one in the Cowboys Sharks as the Cowboys were mounting a challenge down the back end of the game where essentially the collision with Aiden Tolman... Aiden Tolman was horizontal to the ground <laughs> about half a metre above... And uh, as this expression is getting a fair workout at the moment, what's he meant to do? Disappear? Well, um, yes, yes. That- F- Felix conceded in that particular instance, and we refer to, of course, to Graham Annesley, that the bunkers got it wrong. The CSUR Takiaho incident, incident, with uh, poor old Nathan Cleary getting it in the melon yet again, and you know, or on the jaw, and it's quite a decent target. Uh, Ashley Klein, in dialogue with the bunker, said there were no mitigating circumstances. Right now, of course, it was it was like an ice rink out there. <laughs> it was pouring rain, and Cleary was uh, uh, had slid and slipped into the tackle. So, my view of the bunker is that they're just not very focused. Mm-hmm. They could be on the hooch, but they're certainly at least playing video games in there. And this is the problem: is that the amount of technology they spend in there—you know, north of two million dollars—meant I they're kitted out with every popular console you could imagine. <laughs> You got your Xbox, right. you have got your PlayStation, you have got your Nintendo Switch. There's probably a Wii in there. Yeah. You've you've got um, a Sega Mega Drive. There's a bit of you know vintage stuff going on. There are soft
2: Nintendo DS. Yeah,
1: there there are sort of old games put up on the on the interweb that uh, sort of deal, they're, and they're just distracted. So they're they're basically constantly oh what was that and they're hitting the wrong button. They've
2: got the Mac Two C with with Wolfenstein. Yeah.
1: And like all public servants delivering administrative decisions, they just go, doesn't matter. They can see us in court, i.e. the Match Review Committee. So there needs to yeah. be a bit of, bit of clean-up being done there. And, you know, you say that you're, you're getting fired up about it, and, and I'm, I'm sort of post- like You're post-fired up. Yeah, the, the game is... is You're it, cooked. It, it, I came out on record... Put a fork
0: in him! He's done!
1: I came out on record on the, in this very, very loud clarion call that is the Fire Up podcast last year and said that the horseman is ruining the game. I said that basically on resumption day, 28th of May, not celebrated this year because of all the disasters yep. we've been going through. And people laughed at me and scoffed at me and said, no, no, he's our saviour. He's tantamount to a saint and he should be beatified in due course. Yep. Well, I look at the results. I look at the crackdown. I look at the fact that I'm enjoying the under-8s at Willoughby Park a lot more. <laughs> and and if, you, if, you, if you think that I've got the hubris to say, I told you so, you're bloody well right. <laughs> I told you so. And what's finally done me yep. is that the horseman who you know, sits on top of this, and it was we well-documented here, it was the Illuminati who brought him in and then found they couldn't control him, which is a tale often told throughout history and mythology. Yep. Apparently, in recent days, he says, we've eliminated thuggery, mm-hmm. and we're now bringing women back to the game. Well, I see no evidence of either of those things, <laughs> and I'm totally done. But I've got one more gripe, Dennis. An- if it, another gripe? Is this about the bunker, about the replays? about if, the, what, Exactly. What have you if we're going the bunker, we may as well go all in, because I've okay. accused them of drug use, recreational gaming. And, and they've I, been doing it since 1908, according to Buzz. That's right. <laughs> well, no, he actually pointed out the bunker wasn't there in right. 1908. Uh, that was it, yep. And look, I've gone to some of the rugby league historians. I know that uh, Riff and Pat are a big fan of the podcast Rugby League Digest you've also consumed. I believe they're working on it. They're trying to establish if there was a bunker in 1908. The jury's not in. But I can tell you this, this, and it's only one way to describe it. I mean, Belinda Sharp, kudos to her. She's in doing the Origin game. But, I mean, she doesn't seem to be getting a run in the NRL right now. The boys club, that when they (laughs) refer decisions to the bunker, Peter Goff, for example, Who's a name that I'm just starting to get aware of now? He was doing the Sharks Cowboys game. And seriously, what referee would make his fashion choices based on Barry Gomazol? That's what I (laughs) want to know. Because he's got a Gomazol grasshopper moustache going there. They're referring to the bunker and they're using nicknames, Dennis. The familiarity, you know what familiarity breeds? Contempt! And algae. And the bunker and the, rough, the referees have algae draped all over them right now with the Shorty and the H, and I don't know who they're talking about. Well, we probably need to do a little
2: dossier on this. We might speak to Reverend Pat about it. So Shorty, Alan Shortle, H, Henry Perinara. Uh, I'm, I'm trying it's also very, an
1: abbreviation for heroin, but a, that's just a coincidence. And for horse. <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: trying very hard to get the nickname Osher, for Adam G, because it really fits. <laughs> well, that, well, that's it's, good. It's his brother, but they're they're not buying it. You remember um, the
1: twelfth man, man? It was, it was it, Richie introduced him as Adam V from Channel G. I thought that was very amusing. <laughs> You've got Andrew, Hop- I should say Andrew G. You've got Hopper, uh, who is. Christopher Sutton. Right.
2: Because his big brother, he called himself Hopper because he couldn't say Christopher because his parents well, didn't call him Chris. They called him Christopher.
1: By the way, Jerry's been Hopper. kicked out of the Queensland advisory panel. No, no, actually, I think you've it's Bernie. Bernie <laughs> has been kicked out <laughs> Come of the Queensland on, advisory You can't make that
2: joke. Jerry is be- actually the ref. Because
1: of the concern that Jerry might be influenced by his brother being involved actively in the Queensland camp while still having official referee business. This whole talk about your sopranos. This is the where shut-ins. we have got to dig into We'll start our home with the Sutton's and just get into this murky mire that is just ruining the game. And I'm the last person who wants to criticise our officials because it's a job that no one wants to do. Those poor kids out there copying the... No, there was absolutely... I have to say the parents were absolutely wonderful at the under eights ruse yeah. versus brothers. There was no untoward commentary from the sideline, but the guys at the big matches—they're copying them from all sides. Well, they deserve it.
2: Well, I've got to say with the, with the Asquith Magpies, the volunteers—they've always got the sign up saying, "Before you complain, have you volunteered yet?" Well, and, and you have no right. And if you want to complain. Do it at the board meeting. That's gee, when you do it, not at the day.
1: Gee, I wonder if I can appropriate that to the current uh, debate amongst people who are <laughs> not getting vaccinated, but I don't <laughs> I don't want to get political exactly. about that.
2: And the other thing they have is, um, remember, these are kids. It's about them, not you. This is not NRL.
1: You, you, well, why can't they? In fact, why can't they put up at the games? Because actually we need to protect the officials. They need to be yes. sacrosanct. They need to be courage. Can we put up signs at every NRL ground? <laughs> it's not about you. It's about them. Yep. This is the NRL. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. Yeah, I think they should
2: do that. Um, what else do we had this weekend? There's all, all sorts of other well, shenanigans happening. Well, I mean, if, we, if we're, we're thinking
1: about up north...
2: What else happened up north?
1: Well, you know, there's been a huge announcement in relation. Oh,
2: this is the poor old Broncos. They're falling apart. They're losing players and there's players. Someone quit this week. Someone said he's quitting this week. There's a June 30 deadline. There's there's an exodus from the Broncos, but it's not just the Broncos. So this exodus of players, obviously we've had previously the halfback, the merry-go-round, and they've got Adam Reynolds. And it looks like he may well be the only player there next year. That's correct. So you're going to have Adam Reynolds being coached by... A gentleman who says he's not the worst coach in the NRL.
1: No, he says I'm not the best coach in the NRL,
2: but I'm Sorry, not the worst. He's not, he's not the worst. Co- well, he's he's not the best. He's not the worst. Kevin Walters. But what other teams, Chris, have been f- have been have been dragged down into the ravine with this train that's crashing and crashing and crashing?
1: Well, obviously the Broncos are just a train wreck or a blown up train, as you mentioned before. Well, the bridge is blown and they're plunging because um, of. Um- Tovita Pangai Jr. giving a very, very um, knowledgeable sideline interview after they got toweled up by the bunnies, 48 zip or whatever the score was, to say apparently contracts aren't worth much anymore. Which yeah. is a sad commentary on modern society. Very sad commentary. We've got Matt Lodge and there's all sorts of family connections going on between the O'Sullivans and the Lodges. And, you know, the Warriors will be the new family club at the end of this <laughs> instead of the Bulldogs. Potentially heading over the Warriors for three and a half years. So they seem to be getting off the kevy train. Who the actual direct quote is? I'm not the greatest coach in the NRL, but I'm not the worst. Which does beg the question: Who is? He's also the newest, isn't he? Uh, are there any other first-time coaches? This well, well there's no one of the Sharks right now, is there? You know, well, it's Josh <laughs> Hannah, but he's interim. not a first-time coach. No, the newest will be Craig Fitzgibbon. Yeah, uh, yeah, but who is the worst coach in the NRL? Is a whole discussion in itself.
2: I think we might put that on social media. Who is the worst coach in the NRL? And yeah, do we go, are we going history or are we going?
1: Uh... No, right now, right now, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, shout out to Adam O'Brien but um, <laughs> just saying but no there's another team that's just suffered an absolutely cataclysmic announcement in it's terms just because of the players are
2: going from there to the Broncos or from the Broncos this there is, you is you just- know,
1: this is Adam Reynolds actually going to the Broncos there's actually really? someone leaving their team to go to the Broncos It's not the Raiders no it's Ben Iken. Ben Iken? can you believe but Kenty <laughs> he's cut adrift Kenty's been cut loose iken has gone by the way you know what's happening at Artamen this afternoon because we're recording on a Tuesday after the announcement came to the light yesterday. Well,
2: there's not Teamless Tuesday because it's a bi weekend. There's
1: about 15 courier companies driving up to the and Fox Studios and just tipping CVs into the <laughs> reception area saying, give me the gig. Have, is,
2: will yours be in the which Which courier company did you choose, Chris? Well,
1: well, no, as someone quite rightly pointed out on Twitter, to keep balance, it seems to be someone with the needs to be the gravitas and the insight of Ben Eichen who's actually played the game. Right. Because the early male is, oh, why not a Danganane or a Lara Pitt or an Andrew Voss, all great figures in the game, but journos, that the mm. Kent Icon magic was around a guy who played one game of first grade, kind of. Oh, <laughs> well, a few minutes. Yeah. And a guy who played 17 origins and even two tests for Australia. Yeah. He-
2: and, and had so many famous stories like getting in the lift that's right. And, and being told, uh, yeah, sorry, champ, this isn't the, uh, this is the only the players on this la- on this area if you can go downstairs and get the autographs. <laughs> yep.
1: yeah. So it's hard to think who will replace Ben Eiken. And by the way, can you believe that show's been on for 10 years, NRL 360? Wow. That's what they're claiming. Uh by the way, this does play into. It's probably
2: actually only been on for two years, but it's like that temperature thing, you know. Twelve yeah. feels like minus five. But in two can, years feels no, like ten.
1: No, I can exactly explain what Iken's role is, but again, it's that you know that very general Tim Sheen's like director of football operations. Type. Is this on three hundred and sixty? The worst on- pathways and recruitment come into it, but they can't quite specify what's doing. But. The candidates, if you look at the Fox stable, mm. in terms of who could move in, who's got the, no. the journalistic no, don't credibility. It. Don't
0: say it. Don't say it.
1: The Braithometer is in <laughs> the red right now. No. There, you, this now explains why Braith has recently been anchoring Saturday Night Football oh. and Sunday ticket shows. Oh. Put the house on it. The new co-host How of NRL Braith? 360, Braith and Aster? Yeah. Braith and Paddles, dial it How up for us. How Braith? I'll go 38. Just off the top of my, I've been older, forty-two. Because
2: around thirty-eight to forty-two, that's when your eyes start to go. You might need spectacles. Yeah, I to mean, get a bit. You're talking about gravitators. I mean, your other,
1: your other com- candidates would be Mick Ennis, right? <laughs> and I mean, the obvious choice would be old Schnoz himself, uh, Cooper Cronk. But the <gasps> but the NRL three hundred and sixty is only a sixty-minute format. And you can't keep... Cooper's Co- got
2: through three sentences. C-
1: cooper need a three-hour show, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. view. So, yeah. so I think uh, the rugby league world will light up in delight when the announcement that the new co-host of NRL 360 is and Nasta. Meanwhile, how... Uh, you have missed out one. Oh, yes,
2: please. W- one of Fox's greatest new assets. Bud
3: Carroll.
2: <laughs> okay, you've missed out two. I was thinking about someone who's, whose commentary goes to, oh, wow. Oh,
1: no, Billy's on Channel 9.
2: Oh, he is too. He's he's no shot. I forget.
1: But having said that-
2: How good would it be to get Spud Carroll as a host?
1: Well, I I think they should just go all in. He
2: certainly wouldn't take uh, a lot of Kenty's crap. He'd just be across the table (laughs) swinging.
1: I I just think they should go all in and do what they do on 360 already and just get these ex-players in on a rotational basis with Kenny. So, Monday night, Spud. Tuesday night- Braith. No, Tuves. Tuves. Wednesday night, Benny Elias. Oh, the maths. Now, that, that will write through the roof, let me tell you. And yeah. it will keep Braith and Ennis and Cooper where they need to be on the Sunday ticket panel situation, yep. I think. Uh, by the way, how is the uh, mainstream rugby league me- media taking the Icon announcement? Well, I go to the graphic that was on Channel 9 the other day that simply said the Broncos are bucked.
2: <laughs> right. They're Michael Lucked? or Is that what they were going for? Yeah. That- <laughs> Now there was, of course, back up north. There was a terrible, terrible thing. there's that shameful, disgraceful, gutter moraled club in the eastern suburbs yes. at the moment, and they full of ter- like always bad boys out, you know, out in the cross, grabbing women's bottoms inappropriately, out, out, weeing in mouths. Okay, that wasn't that wasn't actually them, but that he played for them. Well, all yeah. sorts of appalling behaviour. What have we had? Have you got a list there?
1: Well, first of all, again, you're referencing the Boyd Cordner farewell press conference, right? <laughs> Where the Roosters alumni, because you're referring, of course, to the Sydney Roosters, and there are the Sydney Roosters or your East fan. There's nothing more. It's sad that the Eastern Suburbs <laughs> Roosters have gone, isn't it? They've <laughs> gone
2: by the wayside like the Bears, like, like the Glebe Dirty Reds.
1: There, like the... There's nothing more pathetic. They're going out to the Sydney Cricket Ground to watch Rugby League, fact, but also to go out and hear the Easts chant. I mean, it should be Sydney. They are Sydney. Accept it. Live it. Own it.
2: The only thing I will say about that, about that Easts chant, Easts, <laughs> Easts. Easts, like it, it's 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 actually something, whereas in Parramatta, <laughs> Para is fake. It's through the PA system. Yeah, you, it's Dennis, fake.
1: Dennis, don't it's get onto this again. fake! Don't get onto this again. Oh. I'm going to write to the ABC and say you shouldn't do the sound at Western Sydney Rectangular <laughs> Stadium because it's not good for your health. Now, and, and of course, at the Boyd Court in a tearful press conference, magnificent event, what a great man, what a great contribution to the game he made. But the Roosters alumni that turned up, they're all bad boys. Freddie Fittler, yeah. as we know, drunk outside a police station. Yep. You've already mentioned Todd Carney. Uh, who else was there? That's a Roosters bad boy. Well, obviously the halfback for the Newcastle Knights, Mitchell Pearce. Currently, he's he was very bad. All boy. sorts naughty, of issues, both, naughty boy. Both at Roosters and with the Newcastle Knights.
2: Fergo had a bit of naughtiness
1: when he was there, and then of course Cooper Cronk. Well, so the, the worst of the they lot. are the bad boy club. Yeah, and but but again, we hear uh, all sorts of stuff about the Roosters way and what have you. Well, the Roosters way translated to Victor Radley getting hammered and getting on an aeroplane and getting tossed for laughing too loud. Now, Ray Hadley had the correct advice to the young man and that's stay off the drink. Mm. But um, super coach Robbo, who was described as intellectual by Malcolm Knox on the weekend, which got all my Roosters fans up in arms again because they regard this as an enormous insult directed <laughs> at Robbo to be described as an intellectual go figure. But uh, Robbo had some very pointed words for Victor. How hard is it to get on a flight and, and get home? Act like a man in public and,
2: and, and behave yourself. It's pretty simple. So is that a suggestion that women get on flights and get on the piss and, loud t- and laugh too loud? Is that what Robo's saying? Because just... he's saying act like a man, implying that he was doing something unmanly. Is this a trans to transgender people get on the flights, get on the drink and laugh loudly? I haven't noticed this before.
1: It's a rapidly changing world, Dennis, and you and I are both dinosaurs, and it's hard to chart what's going on. But there's certainly something about manhood going on here mm. in rugby league because, you know, we've heard it previously with Madge. He's reading the inside man. Yeah. He said that the Tigers could figure it out. They're, they're men. men. Well, they don't mm. seem to be figuring it out. And Perhaps they're not. No. And um, Victor, who, by the way, was described as one of the 25 best looking men in rugby league.
2: Yeah, can you talk me through that?
1: Well, I, I just simply want to say, um, actually, it was the best 20, that it seems to me very quickly that the News Limited Astonisher poll identified in terms of the best-looking men in rugby league, the top 20, and Joey Manu, you know, kudos to him, the best-looking of the lot. Cleary was in the top five, I think. No, he wasn't in the top five. He was in the top 20. And I think Cleary, to me, that sort of surprised me. Uh,
2: yes, yeah, look, they were probably they've probably gone to one of their, their their fashionistas to give that. And if you look at the the catwalks in Milan, it's not traditionally beautiful people that go on there. It's people with odd features. That's what they're like. Something odd yeah. and angular. And if you talk about odd and angular, that chin.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly like, fits in there. like Scotty Pipper from the Chicago Bulls it looks like a Picasso <laughs> painting, and. It was interesting that Cleary was included because, as someone described at Origin 1, it looked like he needed a transfusion. And as I said, he also needs a dermatologist. But it ended up that the, in terms of the 20 best-looking men in the league, four roosters, three storms, two panthers, two eels, two rabbits. And then Reece Walsh kind of distorted it because two warriors got in there. But basically, the best-looking players also play for the top five teams. So... All these recruitment issues about foot speed and, you know, has an offload in him and has a big engine, they got to go out the window. What New Zealand has established is the most important factor in rugby league is looks.
2: Well, how many of these good-looking players were forwards?
1: Not many. Uh, what, the, the- your top five, very quickly, we had uh, uh, Reese Walsh, Jerome Luai, uh, uh, Ruben Garrick and Ryan Pappenhauser making Garrick. out the top five. Uh, we had Madison as a Ford, Crichton as a Ford, Tino was in there, Harry Grant was in there, uh, Tarek Grant. Sims, yep, uh, and Victor and Tom Berger. So we had seven Fords out of the top twenty. So that's that's a reasonable distribution.
2: Because the the male model from Maria, Michael Wayman, yes. um, his, it was. They built a statue to him. They uh, built a statue to him. Not at Wayman Oval, his dad's oval, but he did. It was his favourite line was, "Why a wing is so pretty." Because they get tackled by wingers. That was him, and I think he would be with Corey Parker. Say, bring those wingers into the middle, and we'll show them what they've got.
1: So, if you contributed something to our teams, it's recruit better-looking players. Mm. But I've thought that Victor's inclusion was slightly odd, and in fact, I thought I thought that Victor's personality and what got him kicked off the plane was really well captured in this tune. <laughs> I was walking down the high street
3: when I heard footsteps behind me, and there was a little old man in scarlet and grey, chuckling away.
0: Well, he trotted back to my house and he sat beside the telly.
2: All day, or oh, to report it to the novice. No, no okay. <laughs> ah, 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 dee, dee, dee. I'm a laughing no, and you
0: can't catch me. Ah, 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 dee, dee, dee. I'm a laughing no, and you can't catch me, said the laughing you... no. Well, I trust any wider. Yeah, well. <laughs> so important with regards to You're right. I got the wrong, yes. wrong game. I call you five today. I'll call you five for the game.
3: Um I have no intelligence. That's what I'm suggesting. Hello. Welcome to Media Watch. I am Pat Mulhern.
2: Wow. Pat Mulhern. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very good.
3: What do you got for us? Very good. I so, d- I d-
1: What was that? Pat what? Mulhern. Oh, is that your last name? Yeah, I, I thought it was Redfern Pat. I've always oh. just known you as Redfern Pat. And, oh, yeah. and I thought Redfern's an unusual first name, <laughs> but kind of catchy.
3: <laughs> so we've been over this a lot. Phil Gould, you know, his recollection of the Panthers yep. winning the grand final last year. Mm-hmm. said at halftime he thought the Panthers were on top, even though they were down 20 points. He since said they would have won if not for the video referee, if not for the scoreboard, blah, 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 blah. And he's doubled down.
2: You know and Nathan Cleary would be a perfect example leading the Daly M he's the origin halfback and he's team's leading the competition Absolutely. so we'll just drop back to second but they're leading the competition
3: <laughs> <laughs> still think they're leading the competition <laughs> and in the in the serious news we on the 360 which is pretty much been the template of our show
1: I know I mean it's such a rich resource for us what's your Take on this, Pat, with the loss of Iken. What do you think it's going to do to the show?
2: Well, let's... Okay, Pat hasn't played NRL. He does have spectacles. Yeah. Have you put your CV in?
3: Uh, I'm done with 360. Is that right? I think, the, ben, in all seriousness, Ben Iken was the only... And Lara is, like, yeah. the only And friend of the show, Paul Kent. And and friend of the show, Spud. And friend of the show, <laughs> James Hooper. Uh, yeah, without Ben Iken, I think it's... It's just gonna be. It's gonna be very tough to watch. I,
1: I, I'd say that you and Kent would have a different sort of chemistry. That would yeah. be. But I mean, I think that uh, Steve Crawley and the good people at Fox Sports are crazy not to give it a go.
3: Mm. Yeah, you got chemistry. my vote. Yeah. Well, we have done a deep dive onto most of the contenders to fill Ben Iken's spot. Mm-hmm. We've never really touched on Dan Ganane. No. Um, so if, if Dennis, you wouldn't be too familiar with Dan Ganane's work on Fox things as you watch the games live. I,
2: I only watch Fox replays of Raiders wins, so this year yeah. I haven't... Uh, it's been pretty
3: quiet. <laughs> I've seen a couple of games, that's about <laughs> it. Well, let's have a look at what Dan has got. No
0: one's going to catch him! Goodbye! Goodbye! Another pass for Herbert. goodbye! Then the step, oh goodbye! step. hello! Beautiful! Down the middle he goes, oh goodbye! Hello!
1: You know, the funny thing about all that is that, because uh, I've actually met Dan personally uh, in my very brief time at Triple M, which nobody remembers, and w- when when he would leave the office building, he'd just go au revoir.
2: Now, so he's obviously a big Jackson 5 fan, or Gloria Gaynor fan. <laughs> no, sorry, he's not, I should say. He's the exact opposite, because they never can say goodbye.
1: Whereas <laughs> what's, he, what's clearly- Wasn't that, that Felmer Houston?
2: It was Gloria Gaynor, but also, it was written by the Jacksons.
1: Right. Did Felmer Houston cover it as well? Uh, probably. And- and is Isaac it- Hayes did it as well. The Communards did it.
0: I never can say goodbye.
1: Well, the, yes, with the Communards, with uh, don't uh, mean, uh, from from Bronsky Beat. Yeah, that boy oh, that's gosh. that's saying with the high voice. Gosh, I, and I have such an. I always have this anecdote. Uh, you
0: even look like him, Chris. Uh, you even look like him. I don't look like him, but what's his well, name? Well, you've got his
1: haircut. You've been so inspired by oh, him. I have to look it up and come back with an anecdote in a moment. But I mean, is if anyone from IP, I, Intellectual Property Australia, is listening to the show. Is it possible for commentators to patent, let alone trademark, phrases, because in the same way that Ghanaian has seen to take an ownership of Goodbye, you work with Andrew Moore, who's well known for, at the time, where he believes the game is settled, yelling out game set bingo, correct?
2: Yeah, now he's made he's made that one up himself. He's Jimmy made it Somerville, for
1: God's sake. Jimmy Somerville,
2: you. yes. Um, his other one is, strikes it, likes it, right. and he gets very offended when other people say, he strikes it, he likes it! They get very, up. he gets very upset with it.
1: I'm going to get this wrong, but the great Los Angeles Lakers basketball commentator, Chick Hearn, uh, who lived to a ripe old age and was no longer with us and used to call the games live from the the Greater Western Forum and venues of the like, he would go when he felt the game was over. He says, the fridge door is closed, the light is off, the eggs are chilling, the butter is hard, and the jellos are jiggling. This one is over. Something like that. It was beautiful. A little bit more complicated than Game Set Bingo.
3: Well, the Dagonade's evolution now. So he says that every game. His evolution now is that, so he says it in other ways. So it would just be like, and goodbye, and and you know. So he's finding different ways to he's say. It, different ways to say, it. and sometimes it sounds a bit laboured. It reminds me of the Twelfth Man when um, this when uh, we can't say straight out of the meat of the bat, and he just he says, oh, straight out of the vegetable of the bat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we uh, once did a cross to Dan after the city country game on the Sunday, and. We try to maintain the pretense that it actually was at the game, and he goes, "Look, fellas, I'm just sitting in Moor Park Road, All right? Let's call it off, off tube." As off they like tube. To... Yeah.
3: And as a parting um, thought about Ben Ayken, mm-hmm. I didn't find this in the uh, Fire Up database from several years ago.
1: Craig Fix Gibbon mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. was in the mix with Todd Payton to get the head job. <laughs> Disgusting.
0: Well, there's there's, there's no way time. around it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was quoted in the media today, that that disgusting quote yeah. was his take on the Broncos, Broncos. roster. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine his first meeting? He gets all the boys. <laughs> he got Kevy there, Dave Donahue, and he goes, Ben, I have been on NRL 360 for the last 10 years, which means none of you guys know who I am because I know you don't watch television, but I'd have a look at you and you are
3: disgusting! And I think wow. that was 219 as well that he said that.
1: Yeah, this was... No, This I think it was last year because he was um, starting to... Uh, manoeuvre himself into the potential to get Donahue's job, which he didn't get, which was CEO. Do you know who could do it?
2: This is a left field one. But obviously you need gravitas, you need spectacles, you need to have played the game. Greg Alexander. Brandy. He'd actually
1: do a really good job. Well, he's also... He's he's got
2: plenty of experience as a journalist. He's done the show with Gibbsy
3: on 2UE for many, many years. He'd actually... He'd be
2: great.
1: He's not that busy. Origins only, they play three games a year. So he's, he's got time. He's authoritative...
3: They yeah. say that team coaches itself as well. Yeah, that's so true. it's not like he's going well, over and the like,
1: and- There is Freddie as well. He can, he can sort
2: of lean on Freddie to coach and- the team.
1: And like I can, he's got good hair.
2: He's got good hair. He's, he's a very good looking... Like he'd, he'd make that list. No, this is... You might have the wrong eyes for it. Women loved, at the time, they loved him. We get
1: text messages. But, but by at the time, you're referring to the late 80s, right?
2: They still have it. Really? There was a wonderful moment. The ABC, we're on air in Newcastle, and they've been playing the alphabet game where you have to, you know, each week of the round, there's 26 weeks, 26 letters in the alphabet, and the first week was the letter A, and you'd name the best player of that letter, and they'd make a team of the A's, team of the B's. This weekend was O's, which is a bit of a challenge. Obviously, Matt Orford. <laughs> um, but Greg Alexander made it. And Brandy was listening on the way in. And so this woman has rang up and gone, wanted to say Brandy Alexander. And also she put in the text, you know, she, he's the best looking man. I, he's why I follow rugby league. And he's still gorgeous. Wow. So we've got Brandy in and she's talking saying, oh, no, Brandy. And Andrew's like, oh, well, we happen to have Brandy here. <laughs> and she's like, and he's just gone, you know, I, I can't argue with anything you're saying. I can't argue with it. You exact. You are factually correct. Best looking player. See <laughs> so so you make the Daily Telegraph list, Brandy. I don't know why
1: he didn't. They should do now that the current players. All time. They should do all time. Brandy be in there. Now look, I don't want to make this all about me, like a rugby league parent. But uh, <laughs> one of my uh, slightly uncomfortable interview moments was, if you remember, at the first year, which I guess is 2019, of the Cleary appointment of Penrith after he gutted the Tigers. Us. Remember how Penrith had that. Uh, awful start early on in yeah, that year, yeah. yep, right? Yep, yep. And then the losing streak was broken with a from the sideline conversion by Nathan to beat the Tigers by a point nine to eight or something in a really, really dud affair. Yeah. And it was clear that even though Penrith had got the win, they weren't playing very well. And Nathan gave an interview after the game saying, look, you know, we haven't been getting the results and I'm the halfback. I've got to cop that on the chin. <laughs> and, 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 and I said to Brandy, I said, and it's a fair chin to take a cop on, isn't it, Brandy?" And he goes, well, yeah, very good. And just, so he's clearly unhappy with me. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the other really uncomfortable moment we had. We were interviewing Blocker Roach, and there'd been a, a, there'd been a fundraiser during the week, of, during Origin. And Brock had apparently got up on stage and said that the Queensland pack was soft. Right and and the usual. Then I've taken that and pinned it up on the dressing room wall. And he was clearly chastised by the New South Wales organisation. And we sort of said, Blocker, you said the Queensland pack's soft. What's wrong with him? He goes, Well, you can say what you like. I never said that. Blah blah blah. Okay, Blocker, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) What else we got, Pat? new Janet Jackson album coming out this oh. year you heard it here first <laughs> it'll, be the usual, it'll be the usual phalanx of producers and phalanx. as news comes to hand I'll break it down there's a lot of great artists promising music in the back half of this year but none more exciting than Janet wow
3: brilliant so we have a new safe space for, for people where we want to get discussion going um, sometimes just through the channels we might um, miss some stuff so it's, I think it's a bit better to have a group where we can get a bit of banter going. Uh-huh. So I've gone that far up, i uh, blowing up Deluxe um, for people to join. This is not a joke, Dennis. This is... It's a Facebook <laughs> this group, is Dennis. House, you should this join. And, and I guess Sorry, what we're hoping
1: Facebook. for is that uh, in a typical Facebook environment, we post material which people react to, but we'd like to get a conversation going that uh, isn't just... You know back and forth but is a community yeah wow and we love uh as as everyone says please share um the link to the episode do reviews on itunes but to encourage uh your friends if you like the show and even if you hate it and enemies
3: encourage your enemies that's
1: right let's face it many people do they stop me in the street and say for god's sake what happened to ferris where's <laughs> cal can you guys just pack it in though so we like redfern pad Though they're probably now horrified to learn that his name is Pat Walhearn, that's going to confuse them.
2: They also, they stopped me in the street and What what's happened to Brent Oden?
1: That's that's right. I used to, Oden was colony. Trust me, I know I'm the Brian Johnson of this show, no no problems about that. They are stopping uh,
3: in the streets, they're like Lucy Smith on Before Fire Off.
1: That's right. Yeah. What happened to her? Yeah it was it called? Get Up or whatever that show was called. What was that, the name of that show? The Morning Show? The uh, Breakfast Show? Up For, show? It, up for, for it. it. Yeah, yeah. Up For It. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I'm no longer up for it listening to this they, podcast. But we need more listeners. We'd love you to get the discussion going on Blowing Up Deluxe and uh, encourage people to listen, subscribe, review, and be part of it.
3: And uh, as, as you said about um, us generating the discussion, we're not good at that. They're a lot better, as we'll dive yes. into now. We asked what... What songs need to be retired from the game day experience on the back of, um, of Dennis's rant last week? little little rant Little rant. yeah. Um, and so we had uh, Adam said we have a certain DJ in in our circles who plays the same songs a lot. and I believe he was talking about you, Chris and your, your no, kai, I'm sure I'm sure, oak.
1: I'm sure he's referring to Ferris.
3: You don't think it's you and your Kylie? Not at
1: all. I think he's referring to Ferris's game day entertainment. You didn't
3: entertainment. see him. At, you didn't see him at uh, Lord Roberts no, at any point. No, no, Taking his sets.
1: No, no, I don't think so. And and look, I just want to say in response to that, if it's me, get stuffed. Um, but if, <laughs> but if you're referring to Ferris, sure, he goes through the well uh, in the. Written in the stone, for example, uh, the instrumental intro by Earth, Wind and Fire is one of his current favourites. <laughs> and they absolutely deliver the goods. There's nothing wrong with playing songs if they work. I think what we're concerned about is songs that don't work and never have worked and should go. I.e., we mentioned Sweet Caroline. Don't start. Then don't start. And then apparently another boxer in the undercard of the Hooney Gallon Stouch walked into horses. I mean, uh. it's ridiculous.
3: Um, Arthur says, I, the tiger. Clearly, clearly the Tigers can't see the ball yeah. the opposition but that West Tigers theme song the Eye of the Tiger West Tigers one that is that is rancid he
1: can go so that's Survivor of course and uh, how they
3: get the how they did Survivor record the revised uh, edition no or, I just think they've just
1: they just ripped it and put the West Tigers yeah. chant over the top of it
3: no yeah. it's, it's, they're the West Tigers it's the thrill oh, of the fight. it's obviously been re-recorded yeah, yeah. but uh, I,
1: I actually I, have on audio cassette from the two years where, and I accepted that we were the Sydney Tigers, not the Balmain Tigers, 96, 97, played out of Parramatta Stadium. Uh, I have the, and we had those sort of hoop jerseys included, a nice little bit of purple in them. I have the cassette of the theme song, which was Stripes Across My Heart. Oh, beautiful. you know, with your Show Your Stripes uh, scarf campaign this season, there's no reason they couldn't revive that. Here it goes. Okay, the guitar sounds quite different.
0: Oh, it's Dino Hellertown.
1: That's beautiful. Just keep that going on in the background while we're talking. When we
3: get to the chorus, you'll... uh... (laughs) Just keep
1: keep going in the background. That's perfect. Sounds like Petey Northcott in guitar.
0: Oh, that's terrible. Oh, wow.
3: It's
0: Doug Parkinson. (laughs) (laughs) it Steve Balby, maybe? Could be. Could be Steve
3: Balby. Uh, I'm not sure about the synth in there. We're going to go... Anyway, we need to get to the chorus because they have redone it and it's just... It is baffling.
1: Wow! No, not yet. Keep while,
3: talking. while waiting, friend of the show Ed Smith says that the uh, Dragon Sharks game that he was at—they were playing mid-2000s emo punk. Like there you go. Oh, this is. Oh, I'm getting
2: fired up. The voice is awesome.
3: They're the worst tigers. It's the thrill of the What's that?
0: There were just
1: images on YouTube that just went from Bronson Harrison, who also played for the Raiders, oh, to yeah. your mate Dean Halitel. Heady days. Heady wow. days. What else,
3: Matt? Uh, John Doherty uh, wants ACDC to be retired. Really? Um, maybe an ACDC fan. Um, and he wants to clear it in for the league. Out, yeah. You ever hear sit next to me, girl? Come and sit next to me, girl? The.
2: Can I sit next to Can you? Can I sit next to your girl? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I recall that being on Countdown with the original singer, and then Bond did it as well when when he joined the band. I'd hate to think that
1: they could no longer play any of the tracks off Ballbreaker. I mean, you know, the Rick Rubin <sighs> album. That'd be a shame. But in in that uh, on their first appearance of Bond Scott on Countdown, he's dressed as a schoolgirl. Yeah, that was a cover of Baby, Please Don't Go. Yes, it, yes. Hey, look, I remember watching that as a very young person and going, "Okay, this is opening up my opening up my horizons."
2: Yes. And he's very, th- I, I did have one of my road trips. I've been listening, I've been Spotifying and just listening to whole catalogs of bands, you know, Rush. I felt I, I hadn't listened to enough Rush, did that. Boy, that's a lot of fun. Um, Yes, went back in there, Rick Wakeman. I did an ACDC trip out to Dubbo and just put it on from the start. And I was just, sh- balls. <laughs> We've got big balls. It just <laughs> cracked me up. And the the, the delivery of him... On that, of Bon Scott. I'm conscious sorry. of the
1: time, but we had yeah, like some friends over to watch uh, Battle Cry, which was a live concert DVD or Blu-ray, actually, of Judas Priest. Ooh. off their 90, sorry, 2015 Firepower or something like that tour. But uh, one of the people there, Ariane, said, let's dial up on YouTube, Except, which is a German metal band with their terrific opus, Balls to the Wall. Oh, yes. Absolutely do yourself a favor and have a listen to I that. The my
2: next one, the next recommendation I've had is Dream Theater.
1: Oh, well, I'm into Dream Theater. I need to get. I, 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 I can. Pretty, I can pretty much name all. Is the, anyone the here members. surprised? No. <laughs> Jordan Rudess is Dream Theater's Rick Wakeman equivalent, and I think that this could be part of what I can will do, is Bring revitalize the theater. Broncos and change their theme tune to Balls to the Wall because that's what he's after.
3: Or running out much. to prog rock. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. What do you, What else you got, Pat?
3: Daniel Michael spotted an R. Kelly song during the Mounties Dragons game. There was the curtain opener to the... I'd
1: agree with that. It's probably time to retire R. Kelly based on the probability of that. But it was also
3: not Ignition, not I Believe I Can Fly. It's She's Got That Vibe, which I've never... I've been DJing R&B for a long time. I've never heard of that song. so, yeah, this been, so prepared
1: to do the R. Kelly so, catalogue on the way out so, so it's been played on. once and it's ready for retirement. That's what,
2: yeah. yeah. So
3: it's, the, it's the Paul it's the King yeah. of songs. <laughs> 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 and then Greg Cross says, uh, Eagle Rock is ageless. As yes. is as he is, would as
1: a manly player. As is the great man
3: Greg Cross. Absolutely yeah, that's true. And that goes on to we've been talking a lot about Benny Lyers and his maths and his his contribution to the fire up uh, lexicon. Talking about the the most event most watched event in the world is what's yep. been is what we've been talking about. Um, and Pure Blind asked if that was from the data. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: three and a half million billion.
1: Well, no. Uh, someone called pathetic on uh, posted. Is that more than the three hundred million who watched last yes. year for the SBW comeback? Yeah, according to the Bulldog Richie article. Yeah,
3: um, and that's 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 all I've got.
1: Well, very briefly, in Chris's correspondence, what's the last word in that thing? Corner. Thank you, Chris's correspondence. Oh, case. The KCC yep. on that very same issue. Todd Slater, who's a very frequent contributor, said, "What was Benny's asking price to buy the West Tagers? Tigers. He's the Christopher Scase of rugby league, and <laughs> he, he's also described Benny as the Rodan of ride. Uh, uh, Corey What's... Lame said you uh, laughed out loud when he heard Benny live about the fact that Origin is the three most watched shows. Benny in live.
3: Australian. Is he doing a speaking tour? That's
1: right. The three most watched shows on Australian television, television if world. not the world. And uh, Archie Keo said, "Give Benny the title of the game's greatest thinker now."
3: We, we might have a few uh, might have a few contenders um, throughout the year
2: so we need to find out the ga- greatest thinker and the worst coach
1: greatest thinker worst coach I think
3: could, times be, the same. Us. Jackie could be the same same, <laughs> same character
2: <laughs> it could well be but I think that's enough for the week boys we're going to wrap it up you've been listening to fire up and thank you on the Diamond Tina podcast network don't forget subscribe share like tell your friends to listen yes Chris there's always one last word and the last word from Chris go the ruse Where's t-
0: Disgusting.